Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. All right, let's jump into the Word. Are y'all ready for the Word today? Hey, let's give Victor and the team a big round of applause. They did a great job today. Mm. I love that. So how many of y'all have sang that song before, I Shall Not Want? How many, uh, how many have heard that song before? Anybody? A few of you guys? I haven't heard it. Victor introduced it to me at staff meeting this week, and I said, y'all are doing that? I love that song. And then I've been listening to it on repeat. How many of y'all have ever done that? Just repeated a song over and over. and So I've listened to it 799 times since Wednesday. It's been the theme of my four days. Uh, and so uh, I, I sang it even during time change. I shall not want. Uh, and so uh, what, a, what a song. Uh, and it was anointed. They did a great, great job. Uh, I, I want to just remind you of what we're doing. We're in a series called This Is My Story. I want to make sure that we're connecting the dots. You do have an ancestry that you have. There is a bloodline that all of us have, no matter what our heritage is and where our foundation was. And we've gone back to rediscover that spirit is thicker than blood. That God wanted a nation. God wanted a people. Heidi just got up and said, there is a shepherd and he has a flock. And if you are born again, if you've given your life to Jesus and he is the Lord of your life, he is your good shepherd and you are part of his flock. In other words, he wanted a family. God wanted a family within the families of the world. He wanted a people inside of the people. He wanted a nation inside of the nation. And so until you start tearing down old mindsets, the world is going to try to get you divided. He's going to try to divide us in all sorts of ways. He'll use skin color, politics, war, famine, pandemics, mass, vaccines. He'll do everything he can to divide the loyalties of his family. Are you hearing me? He wants to tear apart this beautiful family, to tear apart a flock, to separate the flock. Have you ever, you ever watched any of those wild kingdom shows or whatever, you know, or whatever they, you know, those discovery channel things, whatever, and it talks, you know, shows the lion going after the wildebeest and, and they always try to get one of them away. Because he knows that's the way. If he can just get you away from the flock, if he can get you away from the family, the nation inside of a nation, the people inside of a people, then he can have his way with you. And so I, I, all I'm doing is going back to the Old Testament stories and, and just reminding you, one, because many of us do not know the Old Testament stories. You, you, you were, how many of you were not raised in church? You were, did not grow up in church. I mean, like all the time went to church as a child. Raise your hand. Okay, don't be afraid. They're going like this right here. I don't want anybody to know that was. And so we're, we're on a discovery, and we're, we're going back and looking. Because your identity, who you are, is not decided. I decide I'm going to be. No, no, you don't decide it. You discover it. Because he is the creator, and you are the creation. The creation doesn't tell the creator what its identity and purpose is. It doesn't answer the question, this is who I am and this is what I'm called to be. 
Now, the, the creation doesn't say that to the creator. The creator says that to the creation. Are y'all tracking with me? So when I ask you things like, who are you? And you go, I don't know. That's okay that you don't know. Because we're, we're to discover it. But it's not found in you. It's found in him. It's by serving and following the good shepherd that you look back and go, oh, this is what I was created to do and to be. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? So we've been on this journey. We went all the way from Genesis 1, chapter, verse 1, Adam, Eve, all the way through Noah. We've gone through Noah. We've gotten to Abraham. We spent time with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And now we're picking up the next main character in our story. And his name is Joseph. And I love, I love Joseph. In fact, Joseph's story is found in the chapters that we gave you to read last week. And I, I'm just telling you, I, I've got this big task to take about six chapters, seven chapters, and put it all into one message. I told Pastor Jacob, I'm preaching on Joseph this week. And he goes, how long is the series? And I said, I'm only doing one message. And he goes, how are you going to do that? And I said, I'm a professional. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. I've asked the Lord, Lord, help me because it's impossible to take six or seven chapters and boil it all down and tell his story because this is your cousin. You're related to Joseph. So you've got Abraham, the father of our faith, has a son, the promised son, Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. And by the way, Pastor Myron did a great job last week uh, talking about Jacob. Give, Give it up. And just, let me just pick up this one little part of the story because I'm going to connect Jacob to Joseph. Jacob, which means deceiver, but we didn't have time. To, in between Jacob and Joseph is this one little part where Jacob wrestles with God. And he doesn't realize he's wrestling with God. No, like a physical wrestling match with God. And he's wrestling and he says to the angel, he calls it an angel, he says to the angel, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And God blessed him and touched his hip. And from that moment on, he said, you'll no longer be called Jacob the deceiver. You're now going to be called Israel. Everybody say Israel. Yeah. Boy, sometimes God will change your name. Usually when he changes your name, he changes your destiny. And from that moment on, he was no longer deceiver. He was Israel and he walked with a limp. From then on, because God touched his hip just to remind him, you think you're going out, you think you're going you're gonna to run from me? Oh, you run on, you deceiver, no longer. And here's, here's, here's the principle and the point. Never trust a man that doesn't have a limp. No, I'm serious. If a man got it all together, that means he doesn't have it all together. That means he's hiding something. And, Jake, and God just put it on the outside. So that everybody could see the limp. I know some of you, some of you are going to walk out of church like this from now on. You, everybody's got a limp. Jacob's going to have 12 sons. Later, when you've ever heard the 12 tribes of Israel, this is the birth of these sons. Each of these sons is going to begin a tribe of a new nation, a new people. One of those sons, the the number 11 son of 12, is named Joseph. And so here's where we pick up their story, and let's begin today. 
In Genesis chapter 37, I'm going to read a few verses, 1 through 9. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan. That's important. That's modern-day Israel. That's the promised land to Abraham, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph, the number 11 son, was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Billah and Zilpha. Watch this. Read with me in the Ella. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Now, I don't know when you grew up, but I know when I grew up, if you went and told on your brother or your sister, what'd your mama say? Oh, don't be tattletelling. So we're already seeing this in Joseph's life. He's a tattletale. And then verse 3, but Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in an old age. So I I think uh, Pastor Myron brought that out. As parents, you got to be careful. You don't want to show favoritism to one of your children because you're going to cause dissension with your children. Oh, yeah, see, you're not going to see it. They're going to say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, to you. Yes, sir, no, sir, to you. But when you're not there, that's when decision, if you show favoritism to one of your children. That's why when I have one of my children by themselves, I whisper to them, you know, you're my favorite, right? (laughs) But I do that to every one of them. So they all think I'm the favorite. I just uncovered all my secrets right here. So you got to be careful. Watch this. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Oh, this is not going to be good. Some versions say the coat of many colors. He put, so he favored Joseph, and he made a special coat just for Joseph to wear. And Joseph would wear, around, wear it around. Joseph, Joseph's not picking up what's happening, but I'm my dad's favorite. I tattletale, I got my favorite, now I have the coat of many colors. The the coat of favor was on him. And watch what happened. But, verse 4, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And they couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream. And I want to talk to you about dreams today. In fact, if I were titling this message, I would call it Dreams and Detours. Dreams and Detours. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Y'all can see it coming, right? His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams. Soon, Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream. Joseph ain't real smart, is he? (laughs) The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. Sun and moon. Daddy and mama and all of y'all are going to bow before me. Can I talk to you about dreams just for a second? You got to be careful with dreams. You know this, you know this already. You know it instinctively or you, you, you just know it naturally. Not everybody can handle the dream that's inside of you. 
There are people that will discourage your dream. There are people that will try to destroy your dream. There will be people, if you share what God is doing in your life and showing you about even your own life, there are people that will try to keep you down because they don't want you to fulfill that dream. Just got to be careful. I'm just telling you, even people in your own family. Oh, you, let God start really blessing you and you get up. Oh, they'll try to pull you down. And if they can't pull you down, they'll talk behind you, about you, up behind your back. They'll say, oh, they, you think you're too good for us now. And you go, no, 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 no. See, and, and sometimes you won't go for the dream because you're afraid you'll leave people behind. But here's what I'd say to you. You got to go for the dream. That way, someday you can be there to pick people up. And you can help people. Are y'all checking with me? Careful who you share your, share your dreams with. That was free, by the way. So one day, Jacob, this is the, this is the climate. Brothers are out in the field watching. Joseph, I mean, excuse me, Jacob calls Joseph to him, his favorite, and says to him, hey, I want you to go check on your brothers. Check on the flocks. Go out there. Find them. Check on them. And then come back and give report to me. Of course, he goes... And then I'm going to fast forward because I've got a lot of, lot, of, lot of chapters to get into one. He's, he's going to go out. He's going to find his brothers, and they plot to kill him. They said, here he comes, wearing that coat. How I many you know he should have left the coat at the house? But he's wearing his coat, sharing his dreams, and they decide we're going to kill him. And then finally, cooler heads prevail. And along, <clears throat> along the path comes some Midianites traveling, some, some travelers and traders come going to Egypt, on the road to Egypt, and they decide, let's don't do that. We, we can't have the blood on our hands. Why don't we do this? Let's sell him. And they sell him into slavery to the Midianites. And they take the coat from him, kill a goat, take the blood, put it on the coat, and go back and tell their daddy that a wild animal must have gotten him and that he is no longer with us. And that's the story of Joseph. The detour. What about the dream? And now there's a detour. Okay, everybody look right here because I want you to hear me loud and clear. I have never met any man that had a dream from God that didn't have many detours. There is no calibrated in your GPS and here's how you get to your dream. There are going to be detours in your life. And so he is going to find this detour. He's going to be sold. He's actually going to be sold in Egypt to a man by the name of Potiphar. In fact, the scripture says, meanwhile, in, in 37, it says, meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh. Okay, just so you remember, Egypt, Pharaoh. This is, Egypt is the world power. This is like, Second in command to Pharaoh. I mean, Joseph's going from field, coat, to now being in the uh, captain of the palace guard's house as a slave. He's going to, to, to be working for Potiphar. And I, I, want you to, I want you to see a couple of things about Joseph. This is your cousin. I want you to see some things about your cousin. Watch this. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Watch verse 3. Potiphar noticed this 
and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Okay, look at, everybody look right here. Potiphar ain't going to our Savior's church on Sunday. Potiphar is a pagan, but he noticed. Everybody say noticed. Potiphar noticed this, that the Lord was with him. Look, look, some of us spend a lot of time and effort making sure people in the church notice that the Lord is with us. This This isn't where you prove your worth. You prove your worth when you leave the doors and do people notice that the Lord is with you. Oh, I, 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 watch, watch what he does to it. He goes, this, this pleased Potiphar. Watch what happened. So, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant, which means he didn't start as the personal attendant. He started doing the yard. He, he notices, look at my yard. My yard ain't never looked this good. He, he, he noticed the way his bed was made when he came in at night. Who made my bed? He, Potiphar started no, noticing what he was doing inside. This ain't, this ain't poor Joseph. This is, this is a man who's like, I'm in the situation I'm in. I'm going to make the best of the situation I'm in. I, I, I'm not going to get pitiful. I, I'm not going to start getting down. I'm, I'm going to make the best of the, the very situation that I happen to be. I'm going to talk to you in just a second. Stay with me. Watch this. He put him in charge of his entire household, everything. From, the, from Verse 5, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, watch what happened. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. What? God... The promise that God gave Abraham is still being fulfilled. Whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless. What does that mean? That means that the place that you're working at right now, it could be if you would just change your attitude, that God would say, because you're there, I'm going to bless Potiphar so that the blessing can come through Potiphar to you, Joseph, because you're there and I'm with you. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food he was going to eat. Oh, Lord, send me a Joseph. (laughs) Watch this. There was one little problem in Potiphar's house. Mrs. Potiphar. The scripture, I'll just tell it to you. The scripture doesn't sugarcoat it. She's lustful. And the scripture says this about Joseph. He was handsome and well-built. I kind of identify. (laughs) Well, I used to identify. (laughs) My belly getting all soft and poochy. (laughs) And and she, she she made propositions to him. She pursued him. He rejected her every time. Every time until one last time she made the final effort 
grabbed hold of his cloak and said, please sleep with me. And Joseph fleed from her and she held on to his coat and he left his coat and everything else. And she screamed and yelled rape. Falsely accused. Ever been falsely accused? Ever been blamed for something you did not do? And he's blamed for something he does not do. She screamed rape. Watch this. Verse 39, chapter 39, 19. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison. Detour. Wait a minute. One day, y'all will all bow down to me. Now he finds himself in an Egyptian prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. Let me read that again. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Everybody listen to me. God, if God is not getting you out, you ever prayed that? Lord, get me out. Lord, I need to get out of this. You can name it financial. You can name it relational. You can name it. Lord, I just need to get out career-wise. Lord, if you could just get me out. Lord, if you, Joseph got it. This wasn't about getting him out. God sometimes will get you out. And if God's not getting you out, it's indication to you that you need to invite him in. Instead of wanting to get out, why don't you say, no, God, come on in into this because I need you in it. If you ain't going to get me out of it, then I want you in it with me. Can, you, can I get an amen? If not, all you'll, you'll become discouraged because God's not getting you out. And God will say to you, I'm not trying to get you out. I'm trying to get in. Detours. Detours. And the Lord made Joseph, watch this, a favorite with the prison warden. Everybody say favor. Uh, Pastor Randy told me one time, he said, man, a man that's got favor is never broke. The favor of the Lord, the favor of God. I've told my son since he was a young man, I said, son, favor of the Lord, it's on your life. Never use God's favor for you because he didn't give it to you for you. He gave it to you for him. That's the favor of the Lord. And now he's finding Potiphar's house, and now he's in a prison. He's in a prison. Watch this. Verse 22, before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So there he is in prison. Then all of a sudden, one day, two new prisoners came to the prison. And chapter 40 tells us that sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker, the cupbearer and the baker, offended Pharaoh, their royal master. And Pharaoh became angry with these two officials 
and he put them in prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain or in the palace of the captain of the guard. By the way, I can just tell you who that guy is. They remained in prison for some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after him. That was Potiphar. So now Potiphar, this is free by the way. I think Potiphar realized that his wife had a problem. <laughs> but how many of you know, I, I, I've, I've figured this out a long time ago. Sometimes when I'm pastoring a man, like I'm speaking to a man, like man thinks, girls, when, 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 a, when, a, when I, I talk to a man and, and when I talk to a woman and, and pastoring people, sometimes when it's just the, 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 the pastor and the man, you can, you can talk differently to them than to when you can when the wife is there. Right? You can use different language. Is that right, Tim? I mean, we can just keep it real, right? You can say things that you can't normally say when the wife is there. But here's what I have learned through the years. That if the wife doesn't get on board, pastor ain't going to win that battle. That's what Potiphar did. He's like, oh, shoot. I hate to get rid of Joseph, but Mrs. Potiphar wants him to go. So, just, just, is that true, Dr. Ray? Okay, all right. I just want to. So here's what, the, guess what happens? The cupbearer is now assigned to Joseph. The baker is assigned under Joseph. And, and the cupbearer, and, and this, I didn't put it in my notes, but I want to just tell you it's in there. In fact, it's found in 40, chapter 40, verse 6. Joseph notices that the cupbearer and the baker look discouraged. I, I just read it. I just go, wait a minute. Joseph's noticing that they're discouraged. Joseph's been sold by his brothers as a slave. He's been in Potiphar's house and accused of rape, and he didn't do it. And now he's in prison, and he's noticing other people are discouraged. Now, are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Because once you get pitiful, man, everything just bad happened to me. I had one little dream. Got sold by my brothers. One little dream. Once you get there, then you can't recognize the hurts on anybody else because all you, you just, you pity full. You're full of pity and now you can't minister to anybody else because everything ain't going your way oh see you you missed something you missed something where Jesus would say something like this if a man wants to find his life he has to lose his life if once you start making it about you then you miss the whole purpose of being a part of this flock and so he recognizes in these other men their discouragement and he says what's wrong and they said, well, we've had a dream. Can you imagine what he started thinking? Well, I've had a dream too. 
Well, let me, have you ever seen somebody do that? When you, when you finally spill your guts to somebody and they go, well, that ain't nothing. Wait till I tell you what happened to me. And you go, why did I even come to you? You feel more depressed when you left them than you came when you were with them, you know, before you lived with them. And he says, tell me your dream. And, and, and the baker, the baker, the cupbearer just says, I had a dream. Here was a dream. I saw a vineyard and there was a, a branch that, or, or a vine that had three branches. And each of the branches had grapes that were ready for harvest. I took the grapes, put them in my hand, and I squeezed them, and, and, and the juice went into the cup of Pharaoh, and I gave it to him. And Joseph said, the Lord will give us the interpretation of the dream. And he said, here it is. In three days, you'll be restored to the cupbearer of Pharaoh. And the baker, I could imagine, go, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Congratulations, Mr. Cupbearer. I'm the baker. Hey, hey, Joseph, do me, do me, do me, do me. I had a dream too. Okay, tell me your dream. He said, I had three big baskets on top of my head. I was carrying three baskets of freshly baked goods. And the birds of the air came and started eating the baked goods on my head. What does it mean? What's it mean? What's it mean? What's it mean? What's it mean? In three days, Pharaoh is going to impale you with a rod and put you out in front, and the birds of the air are going to eat your flesh. Anybody here got a dream? I'm interpreting today. Mm. Watch what happens. Three days later, Genesis 40, verse 20, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all of his officials and staff. He summoned the chief cupbearer and the baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief bearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup, but Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot. Got all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. He asked him, hey, cupbearer, if you get restored, mention my name to Pharaoh. Let him know I'm, I'm innocent. I'm in a place that I shouldn't be. And he forgot about him. The scripture lets us know that two years go by. Two years. You know what you're in right now? You got two more years in you? Two more years. Two more years. We've we've been through a lot as a nation. Two more years. We're going through a lot as a nation. Two more years. God, get us out. We might be praying the wrong prayer. No, 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 no. God, get us out. God, come on in. We, we need you in the midst of all of this. We, if you're not going to get us out, come on in with us. Be in this boat with us because as long as we know you're with us and your presence is with us, we're going to be all right as long as you're. I'd rather be one day in your presence, David said, than a thousand days elsewhere. Just one day. I'd rather have 
I was going to say $8 a gallon of gas. I just don't want to say it out of my mouth. <laughs> I'd rather pay $8 a gallon with Jesus than $2 without. Yes. Now, that's just, that's just preacher talk. Watch this. He forgets Joseph. Watch this. Pharaoh has a dream. Have y'all noticed any reoccurring themes here? Wait a minute. Joseph had a dream. And it put him in a prison. Now the baker's having dreams and cupbearer's having dreams. He's getting out. Now Pharaoh's having dreams. Pharaoh has a dream. Here's the dream. He's dreaming. He gets up. Gets all of his wise men together, and he says, here's the dream I just had. I need to know what it is. He said, I, have a dream. I had a dream that I saw seven fat cows coming out of the Nile, seven fat ones. And then out of the Nile came seven skinny cows. And the seven skinny cows ate the seven fat cows but remained skinny. Then he goes to bed. No one knows the interpretation of the dream. And then he has another dream. And this time he said seven, there were seven big, beautiful heads of, of, of wheat. Seven stalks with big, fat heads of wheat ready to be harvested. And then seven skinny stalks of wheat came that were skinny and scrawny. And they ate the wheat off the fat stalks and they remained skinny. And I, I don't know what it means. Got all of his wise men together. What does it mean? Um, I don't know. And of course, we got to mean I don't know. And then here comes, bring me my wine. No one can interpret my dream. Excuse me, Mr. Pharaoh. Uh, um, you remember when I was in prison and you restored me? Uh, there was a Hebrew boy in prison that interpreted my dream and the dream was that you would restore me in three days and it happened just as he said I think maybe you ought to talk to him bring him of course that's what happens right he stands before him and he says to him I can't interpret your dream Pharaoh but God can interpret your dream. I can't interpret your dream, Pharaoh, but God can interpret your dream. I can't interpret your dream, Pharaoh, but God can interpret your dream. By the way, can I just give you some free advice? You go, how do you know if, it's, if a dream is really from God? Because some dreams are really bad pizza. They really are. How do you know if it's a dream from God? That's a good question, isn't it? How do I, how do I, how do I discern the difference? Let me, let me help you. And, and this is not scientific. This is spiritual. If the dream keeps reoccurring, if the dream keeps coming back up again, even once it gets whacked off by some discouraging brother and it pops back up again at a later date, it may be one day, cows and another day wheat but it ends up saying the same thing 
over and over and over again. When it's God, it will continue to reoccur. You can't get away from it. It's like chasing you. Are you tracking with me? It, It keeps reoccurring. And when it is God, God will send other people of God and sometimes people not of God that will say things to you that will confirm the very thing you've been dreaming about, thinking about, musing over. They'll only confirm it to you that you're doing the right thing. Can I get a witness? Anybody here just go, that's happened to me. So this is, this is what's happening uh, <clears throat> to him. He's, he's given the dream, and then Joseph's going to tell him, Pharaoh, here's the meaning of your dream. In fact, they're the same dream. They have the same exact meaning, both of them. And here's what the meaning is. The seven fat cows and the seven fat stalks of wheat represent seven years of plenty in all of Egypt. The crops are going to produce, you're going to, you, man, we, we go, it's going to be prosperity. But after the seven years, there is going to come a famine on the land. And it is going to be utterly destroy this nation. And he says, oh my gosh, that's the meaning of the dream. And then he said, if I may, Mr. Pharaoh, here's what I would do if I were you. During the seven years of plenty, I would take back 20% of all the crops. I would store them, (coughs) preparing for the famine. So when the famine comes, all Egypt will have all the grain it needs to survive the seven years of famine. What a God. Preparing his people. Looking after his people. What's what's, seven plus seven is what? 14 years. He's already telling 14 years down the road what's going to happen. Pharaoh's blown away. Pharaoh's, in fact, this is what Pharaoh's going to say. Joseph's suggestions were all received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit? Remember, the test is not can you impress God's people in here. Oh, praise God, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Glory to God. Turn it around, Lord. Turn it around. I shall not, I shall not want. Glory, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not, it's not do people notice in here. It's do people notice out there when you show up on time, when you put in a fool's day's work for what you don't steal time from the company. Your attitude is right. People are noticing about you. They see the smile on your face when everybody else is going negative. You're going, no, it's going to be all right. It's when you become that person that you go, no, I'm going to do all my work is under the Lord. I'm I'm going to be different when you're at your family and everybody goes, you know your family, you know how they do, right? They they still treat you like pookie because that's what you were when you were 12. But that now they see something different in you. They, they're noticing things in you. Are y'all tracking with me? So here he is. He's, the detours were to get that 17-year-old, one day y'all all going to bow down to me, out of him. 
Now he's serving a cupbearer's dream. Now he's serving Pharaoh's dream. By the way, can I tell you how to make sure your dream comes true? Not worry about your dream. Help other people fulfill their dream. And if you fulfill their dream, God said, watch what I do for you. Help me out, Victor. Watch what happens. Pharaoh. Spirit of God is on you. Pharaoh, pagan Pharaoh, God is with you. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dream to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. Take that, Miss Potiphar. Take that, Potiphar. Well, if my brothers could see me now, all my family. You know what Joseph does? Joseph does just what he said it should be done. He took the bumper crops, took 20%. Just started storing it, preparing for the rainy day. Ah, wow. Pharaoh was already the richest man in the world. Isn't it amazing? Not only, not only was he the richest man in the world through, through the good times, but then the world began to come to Egypt to buy during the famine. So he only got... Richer. You ever heard that? The rich keep getting rich keep getting richer. Watch what happens. So Joseph's selling. He's selling. Nations are coming. And he's selling. Whole nations are being blessed through you. Remember the Abraham promise? Whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. The nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And now he's, this is your cousin. This is part of your story. You got famous relatives. And now the nations are coming and he's blessing. And then all of a sudden, guess where the famine reached? It didn't just hit Egypt. It started spreading out to the other regions around. And it reached the little place, little city, little nation called Canaan. You know who lives in Canaan? Eleven brothers, a daddy. And all of a sudden, Jacob's famine's there. And Jacob said, look, here's, you, boys, you boys go to Egypt because I heard they got grain. Y'all wheat, y'all go get y'all go get some wheat. And he said, All you brothers go, but not you, Benjamin. Who's Benjamin? Benjamin Joseph was number eleven. Benjamin was number twelve. And so he said, Not you, Benjamin. They said, Why can't Benjamin come? Because y'all have already lost my boy Joseph. I'm hanging on to the baby. You know how mamas and daddies are with the baby. Not the baby. That's my baby. He's forty years old. He's still my baby. That's why he's acting like a baby. Watch this, watch this. Keep Benjamin back. So they go, they go, they go, they go. 
Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize Joseph. Now, it's been 17, I think I, 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 I did the math. He's like almost 40 now. It was like 20 years have gone by. Of course, you've seen the Egyptian people, right? You know, they, they always got funky things on their head and their eyeliner's all done. I'm sure he's got all the makeup on. Pharaoh decked him out. Pharaoh even went, Pharaoh said, get him a robe, gave him chains, put the signet ring of Pharaoh on his finger. Back in those Bible, back in Bible days, signet ring was buy and sell. Credit card, right here. Credit card. I got Pharaoh's credit card. In fact, he said, your chariot will ride next to my chariot. Dude is balling, number two in the world. No, he, he dripping. Did I say that right? Is that wrong? I don't know. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. So he's, he's balling. And the brothers come. And, of course, he, he, he's holding it together. And he's like, uh, do you all have, tell me about your family. And they're telling him he, through an interpreter. Like, he's speaking Egyptian. And then the interpreter would speak to them. And, of course, he, can, he knows, but he doesn't want them to know that he knows. And he says, where, where's your, where is it? And he goes, well, yeah, we still have one brother, but he's left. And he's with my father. Hey, how is your father? Oh, he's doing well, but he's getting old. And, and he goes, great, okay. All right, well, listen. This is what I want you to do. Uh, I want y'all to go back and, uh, and until you bring, I want you to bring your brother. And they're like, oh my gosh. And they go back and they, they, they find out that he stuffs their stuff with grain and the money that they gave, the silver to buy it, he stuffs it back in there too. So when they get halfway down the journey, they figure, oh my gosh, the money's here too. He's going to think we stole this. And this goes back and forth till one day he gets all of them together, the brothers in the room. They're coming. And he's going to cause his feet. And he's actually going to sit them. He's going to sit them in their birth order at his table. They still don't know who he is. They're still freaking out about this ruler of Egypt. Watch this. Genesis 45, verse 1. Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, Out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. And then he broke down and wept. I wonder, I wonder if there were times when he was in the prison, when he played this out going forward, the dream, if he just spiked the ball. Man, when my brothers show up here one day, and he weeps. Watch what happens. He's wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother. 
whom you sold into slavery? What do you think they're thinking? Oh, no. What's going to happen to us? And again, he said, I'm Joseph. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Watch this. It was God. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was God who sent me here, not you. He's the one who made me the advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of this entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. It was God. It was God. Isn't that an incredible story? Oh, I, I, I'll tell you the rest of it. When Pharaoh gets the word, did this happen? Pharaoh said, bring your whole family. I want your whole family to come to Egypt. The best land. The best land, the best, what, flocks, flocks, shepherds? They're shepherds, oh, best land, Goshen. Goshen is the best place. We've got the best grazing land in the world. It all belongs to them. I'll give Goshen to your family. They can have it all. It belongs to them, all their needs. In fact, he sends uh, 18-wheelers, okay, wagons, to get them. In fact, all moving expenses are on us. Everything they need and want and goes against the entire family and brings them to Goshen and the story. And that, that, that's your story. This is our story and that's your famous cousin. Okay. That's not it. I, I wanna, I'm going to back you up a little bit. And I'm going to show you one little portion of scripture so all this can make sense to you. Genesis 41 50 through 52. During this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. What? He got a woman too? Yeah. Pharaoh gave him a wife. So he got the robe, the necklace, the chariot, the credit card, and a wife. And Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Let me, let me translate it. God has helped me to forgive and forget everyone who tried to harm me in my father's family. I have forgiven them and I forget of what they've done to me. Okay, stay tuned. That's firstborn. And then he has another son and Joseph named his second son Ephraim for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. Forget and fruitful. Okay, look right here. You can't get to fruitful until you learn to forgive and forget 
the people who've wounded you and caused your detours in your life. Now you're not, you're, 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 you're clapping. You're not, I don't want you to clap it. I want you to receive it. I, I, want you, I want you to receive. You can't get fruit. The dream doesn't come true if he's still in a prison going, look what happened to me. He had to go, no, no, I'm going to release those. I forgive them and I forget what they've done to me. I'm not going, let me tell you what forgive and forget. It doesn't mean that you're not going to remember things anymore. You're still going to see people. It's still going to forgive them, to release them, which means I refuse to hold the past against you. Okay. And until you're willing to do that, then you can never get to fruitful. The dream comes true when forget and forget, when forgive and forget is applied to those who cause the detours in your life. You know, the divorce. Well, that's my old ex. No, 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 no. Yeah, what if you old ex? You wouldn't be married to that girl you got now. Are, are, are you tracking with me? And if, until you're willing to forgive and forget, then God can't bring fruit. I don't think we're getting it. Because there's some people you need to forgive and forget. It's the reason why. See, you can't remember. Let me say it this way. If you remember the hurt, you forget the dream. Your mind will be consumed with the hurt instead of being consumed with the God orchestrated assignment that he put in your heart and you can't have both of them. One of them will, one of them will choke out the, the wheat, the skinny cow will eat the fat cow. The skinny grain will eat the fat grain. If you got hurt, You've got to deal with the hurt because you can't get the fruit until you forgive and forget. Now, this is a word from the Lord for you. I'm telling you, this is a word from the Lord for us. There's things that we need to forgive and forget. Things that happened to you when you were a child and you go, well, ah, no, no, forgive and forget. Forgive. Listen, if you remember the hurt, you'll forget the dream. But if you remember the dream, you'll forget the hurt. And it's where we're at. Are y'all, are y'all checking with me? Look, I, I know many Sundays we come together and maybe God may convict you of something. And I, there's been many times, on, usually I'm preaching. But there have been many times when I'm preparing, I'm preached to me before I preach to you. And there are many times I'm going, Lord, would you please forgive me? I'm convicted by the own message I'm about to preach. And and prayerfully, you do the same, right? When you hear it, you go, oh, Lord, Lord, would you please forgive me? This is not a, oh, Lord, would you please forgive me? This is a, oh, Lord, I'm going to forgive those who hurt. This is not for you to ask for forgiveness. It's for you to give the forgiveness to those who've been hurt in your life. 
Do you receive this? If not, you'll walk through this life and it'll be like a chain that the enemy keeps on your leg. Remember that dog that you see out in the front yard with the, on the chain? He got, a, he got a little bit of slack and just about the time he gets running good, yank, and your whole life will be like that. Just about the time you get running good, yank, because something's always going to pull you back. Today's the day to release that in Jesus' name. We're going to give forgiveness. How many of you have been forgiven? I'm raising both my hands. I'm, free. I'm free. I'm forgiven. God's forgiven me. Freely you receive, freely give. Look, if somebody's hurt you, remember we've already talked about this, the promise of Abraham to you. The promise to his people inside of a people, his flock. If anybody hurts you, I'll take care of them. You don't even have to worry about that. That's my job. You go, Lord, sick them. That's his job. Our job is to forgive and to forget. I know, but it just keeps coming up again. Yeah, I know. When Jesus said this, Jesus said, and disciples go, Lord, um, teach us how, to free, how, we, how, 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 how many times do we have to forgive our brother? Seven times? And what did Jesus say? I say 70 times seven. Do the math. 70 times seven. Carry the four. Carry the four. 490 times. Is that what Jesus meant? 490 times? No, no, that's not what he meant. That was hyperbole. He was using hyperbole. He was saying, I say to you, you need to forgive them every time. I, I know I've had a hard time forgiving people too. It just means every time it comes up, it may come up today and you go, Lord, I forgive them in Jesus' name. It may come up tomorrow. Lord, I forgive them in Jesus' name. It may come up the next day. Lord, I forgive them in Jesus' name. It may come up next week. I forgive them. It may come up next month. I forgive them. It may come up six months. I forgive them. A year, I forgive them. Two years, I forgive them. And then it may not come up ever and ever again because every time the enemy brings it up, you end up doing the righteous, godly thing. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to quit bringing it up. It's done. Today, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are always specific. Bring them to our mind now, right now. We forgive them. We release them. We forgive and we forget. Would you just whisper their name? Don't say it out loud, especially if it's me. Just, just say, I forgive. I release them right now. Your daddy, your mama, your boss. I release them. I forgive them. I release them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to forget the hurt so I can embrace the fruit. Thank you, Jesus, for the dream. Now I pray, Holy Spirit, remind them of the dream that they forgot about. They forgot. They were remembering hurt and forgetting dreams when they should be remembering dreams and forgetting hurt. 
Thank you for your word today. We receive it. We receive it. The disciples said, oh, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Sing that to him. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, give me more faith. Give me more faith. Lord, increase my faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, eye closed. Christians should be praying right now. Maybe you're here today, and boy, your life has been nothing but detours. You're at the end of going, man, I, I need someone else to drive. Jesus will drive. He's always wanted to drive. You've asked Jesus to bless you instead of you blessing Jesus. Maybe today you ought to surrender your life. Jesus said you can't see the kingdom or enter the kingdom until you've been born again. Nicodemus asked, he said, how how can I be born again? I can't go back into my mama's womb again. And Jesus said, I'm talking about being born of the Spirit, being born again. How do you do it? It's easy as A, B, C. Admit that you're a sinner. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You're sitting in a room full of professional sinners. We're very good at it. We've all sinned. B, believe that Jesus came. It's the reason he came. God put on an earth suit in the person of Jesus and lived a sinless life to pay for our sins. He paid the bill. Now see, just confess him as Lord. Make him the driver, the boss of your life. Meaning, I'm going to do it God's way from now on. No longer my way. My way doesn't work. It, It doesn't work. Too much hurt. Not enough fruit. I'm ready. I'm surrendering. And so today, if you'd like to be born again, I want to pray with you. This prayer won't save you. Just the cry of your heart, I'll lead you. And you go, I want to be born again. Would you just lift your hand up all over the room? You go, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to turn it over to God. I'm ready. I need to get born again. I'm ready. I see hands are going up all over. Congregation, can we add our faith to theirs? Would you say with me, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin to be born again. Let's declare this together. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give God all the praise for that? Why don't you stand to your feet today? I want to pray a blessing over you. Our prayer partners will be up for, oh yeah, don't forget your questions and this week's Bible reading. Uh, take a picture with your phone. I forgot to do that. I'm so sorry. We're, go, we're going to Moses. Moses is coming. That's your other cousin. I want to pray a blessing over you. Don't forget girls, uh, this Thursday night, what time, baby? Six, 6 p.m. this Thursday night. And uh, we'll see you. Let me pray this blessing. Now may the Lord bless you, may keep you, may cause his face to shine upon you. And you're going out to your coming in again. May all that you set your hands to, seeking first the kingdom of God, may he bless it and prosper it. And I bless you in the name of the Father, his son, Jesus, and the all-abiding Holy Spirit. You just say, I receive that. We love you. Next steps right here. Have a great, great day.